Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm Kelly Lippenholt, your host. I'm on staff here at Nativity. I work in youth ministry, and I'm on the message team here. I am joined by Tom Corcoran. Tom is the associate to the pastor. Hi, Tom. Hey, Kelly. So you're getting ready to go to the mountains, right? I am headed to the mountains, one of my favorite places. I'm going to Deep Creek Lake this weekend in Maryland. It's going to be wonderful. Today is um, my youngest son's birthday. He's a teenager today. Ah. So I officially have two teenagers in Ah, my house, two teenage boys. Um, And so we're heading out to the lake. We're going to do some water skiing, some hiking. And celebrating your parents' 50th anniversary. Yes, my parents have been married for 50 years. And my husband and I have been married for 20 years this month, too. So lots of celebrations happening in the household this weekend. Thank you. 20 years of marriage. And so it makes me familiar with this topic that we're going to be talking about today. I would say that's today. perfect, actually, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually perfect for, for, for what we're talking about. So Yeah, so today we're talking about the importance of loving your parish, which is something I've just, I've never heard this talked about before anywhere. And I think it's um, a great thing to do to talk about loving your parish. You know, we work for our parish or we show up on Sunday and and go to church, but I don't know that um, most people would say, I love my parish. So um, what what's what's the story here? Yeah, although it's fine, that in, especially in the evangelical world, there's a lot more like series or things like, I love my church. And uh, Interesting. So Not in the Catholic world. <laughs> no, no, we're trying to, that's what we're working on. Okay. You know, we're working on that. But, uh, um, you know, or... So, you know, and first of all, with love, we, it's love can be a noun or a verb. So right. now you are a science teacher, so we'll do a little gr- grammar here. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think most people think of love as just a noun. A noun. Okay. So, and, and, that, and it's, that's good. You know, yeah. there's the feelings of love, and that's important. You, you sure. know, we think about falling in love. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you know, uh, with Jeremy for you and oh, Mia yeah. for me. I and... fall in love over every day. <laughs> oh. mm, not, no, I don't know. Oh, you should have just left it there, <laughs> Kelly. That sounds so corny, though. <laughs> but, but we all want that, you know. But, you know, again, it's not enough just to have the feelings of love. And, right. you know, I remember, yeah. Fall, you know, falling in love with my wife and realizing the day I was going to, I knew when I was going to marry her and I can remember that moment when oh, I was wow. like, this is the person I'm going to marry. She didn't have the same feeling at that point, but, <laughs> but you know, we had those feelings of love. We've had feelings of affection sure. for our kids, for, for different people. So, but, and that's important because those feelings can fuel our love, but it's not enough, right? It's not enough. And I think the first time I realized that it wasn't enough was with my kids. Um, I, I'm not sure that I really thought about it with my husband before we had kids. But once we had kids, I understood. That's the first time I understood that love was more than just a feeling. Because you're not always happy with your kids. I remember reading a, a blog by another mom. Like, you don't always have to be happy with your children. You don't always have to like your children but you still love them. I right. mean, fiercely, you still love them. Um, but you're not always happy with them. And so, you know, how do we get past that? How do we get through that? Right. And the same is going to be with our parish. We're not always going to be in love with our parish, sure. so to speak, or like our parish. Things are going to happen. They're going to annoy us. Yep. So the, the point is that love can be a noun, but really love is a verb. And that's kind of the way Jesus tells us to approach love. So, um, 
it's to take action to do something. So uh, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says to the apostles, he washes the disciples' feet, first of all, at the Last Supper. So Last Supper, Jesus talks for like four chapters. Chapter 13 through 17 in the Gospel of John is all the Last Supper. And it begins with Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And then it's kind of interesting from there, Judas goes to betray him. Mm-hmm. And then after Judas leaves, Jesus launches into this big last final teaching for the disciples. And the first thing he says to them is, love one another as I have loved you. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And so uh, the commandment to love was nothing new. It's in Leviticus. It's right. in the Old Testament. But what's new is the whole new standard. Jesus', Jesus is, standard. Yes. <laughs> and so the apostles, fresh in their mind, would have been, Oh, he just got down on his feet and did the most disgusting thing imaginable, right. washing thing our feet. servants do, right? Right. The thing that nobody would do, you right. know, especially not a rabbi. Mm-hmm. And now he's gotten down his feet, his knees and washed their feet. And then that's what would have been in their mind. And of course, what's in our mind is what's coming is the cross, that he's going to go to the cross. So that's love as an action. That's love as a verb. That's not love as a feeling. Right. That's that, not things, just a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Those things didn't feel good. Um but it's putting love in action. And Jesus commands love uh, to us. Um, you can't command a feeling, you know, feel angry, you know. Right. It, it, you can't tell someone how to feel. Right. 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 But love that we can we can say we can command an action. So. Right. Um, we were talking about how before we got on how Andy Stanley kind of talks about this with married couples. And this is going to be kind of a theme interweaved throughout today's podcast because I think. Again, there's similarities between loving our spouse. Right. And, well, that's our most familiar example of love being difficult sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it's not that difficult to love your parish. But as you said, sometimes things are going to annoy you or upset you. Right. Similar to a marriage. Similar to a marriage. I actually think the kids more would be where I'd go. But uh, that's, that's that's. Well, I only have two kids. You have seven yeah so, so it's a little bit easier <laughs> probably a little bit easier but yeah i mean my kids annoy me all the time right i love them to death but you know middle school boys come on oh, oh no, you got I, a couple of them yeah no driving me nuts right now <laughs> um yeah my love is not a feeling it's got to be a verb <laughs> it's got to be a verb right so serve them serve them so you know andy stanley talks about this make love he talks about the couples make love a verb it's kind of cute but, oh you know. andy so but love it we that's what again in loving other people but also loving our parish it needs to be right a verb it needs something we do right so when you're not feeling the love you still can love by doing something right by serving by showing up by having a positive attitude we're going to get into to we'll do some, some of the ways yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what drives me for this topic or, or kind of why i want to talk about this is there's a quote from gk chesterton that just really resonated with me. And I, and I don't know why I struggle with that. And maybe I'm just, we're just doing this podcast so I can figure it out or, yeah. or we're talking about it. But G.K. Chesterton, and I, I changed the quote a little bit, but essentially he says, Rome was not loved because it was great. It was great because it was loved. So right. it was loved first and then it became great. Exactly. As opposed to, oh, people just loved it because it was so great. It was Ex- so awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And I think when we see anything that's successful, we're kind of like, who wouldn't love this place? Right, of course. You know, you, people look at Apple or, or you know, successful organizations, and you go into these big, huge buildings, and right. you see all this, like, awesome stuff, and you're like, who yeah. wouldn't love this who place? Who wouldn't love it? Yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't want to come work here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, I remember going to Saddleback Church for the first time and, yeah. and driving up 
and it's you know it's in southern california i think we were there in march so that that helps you know come yeah. <laughs> be baltimore cold in march is cold wet. yeah sunny california but then even up on the on the camp you know this huge children's building was unbelievable mm. children's nursery and right you know aquariums yeah. and who wouldn't want to fish go there? tanks yeah. yeah and like you go into and it's just this beautiful campus you're like well, of course, of course they're successful. Yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't want to be a right. part of this? But it's not like they started that way. Right. They started out of Pastor Rick Warren's van. You his know, van. it's like they started in his living room. Right. That's not where they started. Mm-hmm. Um, and because a group of people loved what they were doing, the community they were creating, it eventually became great. That's right. Keep preaching it, Kelly. That's Interesting. Right. <laughs> right. It became great because people loved the community, loved the idea of what they were trying to be about, of reaching the lost in their community. and. Um, they they loved it into that place. And in fact, I just had a chance to have dinner with David Sean, who's the chief of staff mm-hmm. at Saddleback. And so I said, "Give me the history," because I knew they started in 1980. And I'm like, yeah. "When did you guys get that land?" And I'm like, "Right. When did you guys build the children's building?" And it was like six months before we had gotten there. You uh-huh. know, like that children's building that I thought was right. so awesome that must have attracted yeah. all these people. It just, had just arrived. Been built. Yeah. And so again, I think that's the mistake we make. A lot of times when we see places that are successful, we mm-hmm. think it's loved because it's great. Yeah. And of course it's loved. And it's the exact opposite. I was actually, again, the love comes first. Right. First comes love. Yes. Then comes marriage. You know, first yeah. comes love. <laughs> then, then comes, comes greatness. the great. Yeah, the greatness. That's right. So, um, you know, we could we could do the. And it was a small group of people that loved it first. Right. And then that grew into more and more people right. loving it. So uh, I was reading. um now, this is kind of a little bit anathema here in Baltimore, but I was reading Phil Knight's book on Nike called Shoe Dog. And I was very, I wasn't even going to read it because, like, we're big about Under Armour here. So we have a lot yeah, of Under yeah. Armour people in our parish and we love Under Armour. But what I, you know, what reading Phil Knight's book from Shoe Dog was like, he loved Nike. And this guy, the reason Nike grew to what it is, is because this guy and, and other people too that he brought in loved what Nike stood for, was mm-hmm. about. Um, and that's why they're so successful that right. any th- successful organization, there are people who have loved that to its success. And we just very important for us to remember because we're waiting again. We want to join something already winning and already successful. Yeah. But if we want to really have a successful parish, we have to love it. And again, not love it just in feeling, not just in thought, but in word and, and deed, in action and action. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you could probably do a similar study on businesses, you know, going with the Nike example that nobody did love them. They were just trying to make money and they didn't really stand for anything and they didn't have a clear mission or vision. And those companies probably came and went pretty quickly. Right. Right. And it's not to say that. And yeah, and some can be successful without that. But I don't think a parish can ever really be successful without someone loving it. Um, And so your parish will not be great unless some people choose to love it into greatness um okay well with that we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with uh this episode the rebuilt field guide will lead you and your leadership team through assessment and goal setting exercises that will help you revitalize your church the workbook offers practical steps that will bring your team together so that you can affect change in your parish if you know your parish needs to change or want to introduce the principles of rebuilt but you don't know where to start the rebuilt field guide is the perfect resource you can order the field guide from amazon barnes and noble and at Ave Maria Press. 
Hey everyone, we're back and we are talking about loving your parish today. So now we're going to get into some practical steps on how to love your parish. And I, the first thought that we have is that you have to sacrifice something for your church. Tom, you want to say more about that? Well, I, again, love requires sacrifice. And, you know, Ephesians tells us, uh, and again, we're kind of going back to this marriage, marriage analogy. analogy yes. But I, I think, again, that's the way even the scriptures look at the, at the church and the love between Christ sure. and his church. So right. um, Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That love by its nature, love in action, requires some kind of sacrifice. Right. And so if we're not sacrificing anything for our parish, we don't really love it. Right. That sounds harsh. I'm, I'm, we're just I can be like that. Consumers. But. We're just right. coming and consuming and heading out the door. Right. Exactly. So So the, what should we be sacrificing for our, our for our parish? I don't I don't really understand what that means. So, I mean our time, right? Sacrificing our time. Yeah, I mean you can you know kind of simple time, money, talent, you know, time, right, talent, right, treasure, right. that kind of idea. Okay. I think as staff, you know, we have to think about um uh, you know, first of all as staff it can be very easy to fall into a temptation to become bitter. And this yeah. sounds funny, but like, hey, if I was doing this somewhere else, I could be making more money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could be making a lot more money somewhere else in my family right. over time. And I or, could have the weekends off. Well, that was my next one. You know? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I stole it. No, no, that's good. That you was, can that see was what's on my mind. Yeah, I was already there. Yeah, I could have my weekends. Like, right. you know, and again, we can look at that. I think there's some ways in which we adjust to that. Like, I feel like I've adjusted my lifestyle to that. Sure. I've gotten used to that. But mm-hmm. there's times where it just interrupts. Like, yeah. You hear family doing something, friends doing something. You're like, man, they don't know how good they got it. <laughs> yeah. They, they just, have Saturday and Sunday off. Yeah. And like a Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Oh, they're like, yeah. yeah, it's a three-day weekend for them. Christmas, yeah. Easter. I mean, yeah. we could go on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we <laughs> we better stop. We better stop, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's we can get jealous of those things. Yeah. But I think the opposite is. Let's like say, okay, this is the sacrifice I'm making because I love my right. parish. Yeah, and I would, you know, you would, you don't say that about your, you know, your family. Oh, I got a sacrifice by hanging out. Well, maybe you do, but you know, sometimes <laughs> maybe right. extended family. But you know, you know what I'm saying. But like even that, we would sometimes sacrifice. Sure, sure. I mean, even with our even family. with my kids, I I sacrifice, you know, 30 minutes to play a game that I don't really like playing. Right. And I was doing laundry and dishes and that has to get done too, you know? And so there, I mean, there, you know, there's little sacrifices there as well. So, yeah. So the, the, the sacrifice, you know, again, obviously we talked about money, but are we giving sacrificially to our church if, mm-hmm. or giving in a way that's, that's met, you know, a percentage and measurable that there right. should be some sacrifice there. Mm-hmm. Um, David, you know, I will not offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. It will cost me something. I'll make a sacrifice. We sacrifice comfort. Um, you know, again, enough to share hard teachings or have the difficult conversation right. or yeah, um, be vulnerable. Know, lean, be vulnerable. Lean into conflict. So, uh, you know, sacrifice. So there needs to be some level of sacrifice. Um, so that's number one. Okay. And so, so what? Number two, commit to the church in a specific way. Let's talk about that. You know, people say that they love their church, but some people bounce around from parish to parish. I'm guilty of that. I did that for a long time. Um, I just felt kind of lost. I didn't know um, really, I guess I didn't really know the purpose of being a part of a parish. I thought it was about me. I thought it was about me getting, you know, you hear people say, I don't get anything out of it. And I wanted to walk away feeling like I got something out of it. And instead of putting something into it, which 
you know, it, it's so simple. If I had started volunteering at any of those churches that I bounced around, I would have liked it. Yeah. And I, I do think there's a, you know, attention on this. If like, there's nothing there. I, 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 under, well, you know what I mean, yeah. I understand. I mean that again, it's a relationship right. with the parish and there's, you know, if, you know, going back to our marriages, if, if our, our spouses gave us nothing back, right. I mean, now we're married and that's, you know, there's a commitment we made and that's huge. And it's a, that's where it's a little bit different, I think, but you know, our marriages are better because our, we know both of our spouses give to us and we that's receive right. from them. So I, I think expectations to grow and that kind of thing. But, um, eventually, you know, again, we, we've, use the marriage and we dated different people but then we committed to one person to one right person, that right. we saw that a, there could be a healthy relationship and so some people just say oh, i love the universal church mm-hmm. you know i love rome i love the pope you know i love the eucharist right I, uh, okay but you got to s- commit to a specific group of people that's where there's really right. love well and that's what the church is it's a group of people it's not this building it's, it's right. this group of people this community that's being created exactly exactly and they need you as much as you need them right and and so you need to love again commit to a speci- in a specific way to a specific uh, parish and uh, and commit for the long term. Uh, and again, I, I, there can be times where you move. You know, it's it's a little bit different than a marriage in that sense. But there's got to be a level of commitment there. You right. Know? You can't get annoyed about one thing and say I'm out. I'm going somewhere else right. because you're going to get annoyed about something at that church too exactly. and you're going to move on to the next one. Exactly. There's going to be imperfect people there just as there are here. You know, I think for me the way I feel commitment is I try to love this community. Like what is Timonium? That's right. where we are. Mm-hmm. What makes Timonium Timonium? And there's some things about Timonium that are great and there's some things that are not great. Things we don't like. Right. Yeah. And you probably sure. you probably meet these more than me because you're kind of a little bit more part of the community than I am. Right. So yeah. You you're, you hear the conversations a lot more. So. I do. I I know a lot of the people and and uh, yeah it it's it's a great place. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise your kids. But there are flaws like anywhere. Right. So and and, and so if you can't commit to a place because it's not you or whatever, mm-hmm. that's okay. But find a place find to commit. A place. Commit. Yeah. I think most people hearing though listen to this podcast are people who love their parish or right. trying to love their parish more. Um, you know, again, also there are people in your parish who kind of represent the whole. There are, there are times when I'm frustrated and worn out and, you know, I want to quit and I want to give up. And I just think about there's, I, I go back to some very specific people that are in the parish that I love. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, and, and again, it, it just begins to put me back in the right perspective. Well, like, who are those people? Not names, but like, what are their characteristics or traits that, that you love that remind you how much you love the parish? Well, I, I'll actually share who that is. It's actually okay. a little bit easier. I mean, my friend Jeff is uh-huh. really one. Of, he's our parish council president. But okay. um, I just, I love because I know what he's he's given to the church. Yeah. Uh, my friend Chris, you know, they're friends. Uh-huh. They're friends of mine that are like are in the church. And, uh, you know, th- that I love them. And so if, you know, again, it, I go back to that specific love. And whereas all the different frustrations and things like that yeah. are, are up here and kind of cloud out the mind and the feeling. So I, there's a little bit of the feeling, but you, I go back. All right. But I, I want the relationship with this person and what I need to recommit because of this because person. Of them. That's you know? so interesting because the people that I love in the parish are like the opposite of those people. I don't know them by name, but I love the people that come here thinking, man, I, grew up Catholic and I hated Catholic school and I haven't been to church in 20 years. And, and I love the idea of speaking to those people and saying, Hey, you can like church again and still, you know, 
do what you do on the weekend. I mean, not, you know, crazy things, but right. like you can love Jesus and you can love this church and still be who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think there's a disconnect for some people on that. But those are the people that I think about when I'm frustrated. Okay. There you go. That's, that's interesting. That's the opposite. Uh, so the third one we have on here is little acts of service. Do mm-hmm. little acts of service. This is a good one because this isn't something. I'm not a natural servant. We've talked about this before, Tom. Yes. And so this is a really, really good one for me to read and, and or to look at and probably for a lot of people. But um, the first one listed here, do little acts of service for your parish. The first one is picking up trash. And I, I just I would pass by a piece of trash. I just wouldn't pick it up. Okay. And, but I do now and I take out the trash. I mean, I see our, our pastor taking out the trash regularly, right? you know, and I know some pastors that would probably never do that or some presidents of companies, quote unquote president, if he's considered our president, he's taking out the trash on a regular basis. Yeah. I guess this was actually, he probably really impressed this one upon me. Like when I first got here about, you know, he, he had to say, whose job is it to pick up the trash at Disney world? Michael Eisner, who was the CEO at the time, yeah. he sees it. You know, that little things like this are important. And I remember hmm. going to our local middle school and walking around the pres- the principal and him picking up trash. And I was oh, like, wow. that just leaves such a uh, impression upon you that yeah. I care about this and how it looks. So What a simple thing, and too. A simple thing, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, and so for our small group message, we talked about this was the first week of the small group message for our, our fall series. I said what a little acts of service and I put that on there but you know wiping down you go into the bathroom and there's water on the wipe it right. down it's got a paper Just, towel and wipe it down yeah um and again you know we quote Andy Stanley all the time but he you know he, he talks to the people at North Point he's like you know who's the who's the ops crew who's the who's the cleanup crew in in this place you are look in the mirror yeah. and it's you that <laughs> again obviously we we have more systems and structures but uh if everybody just cares about it and loves the place then He'll be well cared for and, right. and clean. So, um, you know, I think helping out on, uh, as team members, and this is where I know I don't do as great a job. I don't either. I'm like, I got work. I got to get I got done. my own work. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's other team members and they need help, okay, how can I help you? How can I serve you? What can I do? Yeah. Um, and again, I think there's a huge tension in that. And again, this is where maybe I lean too much to the one side of everybody plays their role and kind of going back to the delegation one where right, right. we did the last one where do where you add the most value. But at some point, though, well, you there have to are times. I think there are seasons, or times, or days, or moments where mm-hmm. you should be saying, "How can I help you?" Yeah, we have Christmas. a couple people on staff that are really good. at Really that. good at that. And, you know, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas yeah. is we're getting ready for Christmas Eve. So, those are those are another one. And the the last one here, just have, um, is practice forbearance. And so, it's just a word I've been hearing a lot lately. What's it mean? Forbearance means to be patient with other people's flaws. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? I need to practice forbearance in my marriage. Again, the marriage analogy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, just uh, be patient with others' flaws. You know, in mar- healthy marriages, um, there's, a, there's a study kind of love really is blind. They really don't see the mm. person's flaws. And I, I know from my wife, Mia, she doesn't see my flaws because <laughs> she, she must have an incredible <laughs> forbearance. So, um, you know, uh, I just wrote down, this is just kind of a side note on here, the Taxi episode. Did you ever, did you ever watch Taxi? I did watch it, but I don't know this episode. Well, there's a, an episode in which Louis De Palma, you know, he's like, um, 
talking about uh, Carla. I think it was Carla. Yeah. Was it Carla? Or it was, was Ro- that Cheers. That's Cheers, but the same Whatever actor. her name was yeah, on Taxi. Yeah, Rhea Perlman on, on Taxi. <laughs> I can't remember. But in any case, Rhea Perlman on Taxi says, you know, she thinks she sees things that no one else sees, you know, that I don't see. That aren't there, so it's like just <laughs> that don't exist. But that's love. That's love, right? So you know that we have forbearance for our parish. That mm-hmm. there's things that are it's imperfect people and imperfect systems and imperfect structures. It's all a work in progress, and we just need to be patient with that. So when you see those things, practice forbearance, and, and doesn't mean like we're excusing things. You know, we, we want to love things to a better place. That's the whole point. I mean, love does. You, know, you love through acts of service. You commit to it to make it better. It doesn't mean not make it better, but it's not allowing the problems and the flaw, the flaws and the faults of it to just overwhelm us. So that's right. all we see. So right. practice forbearance. All right. Great. Well, thanks, Tom. And thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Rebuilt Podcast where we were talking about loving your parish sacrifice something for your parish this week Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with some final thoughts on loving your parish join us april 16th and 17th 2018 for an exciting conference for pastors parish leaders staff and volunteer ministers and anyone who is interested in making church matter for their community The Rebuilt Conference is for people in the trenches who are building or rebuilding healthy and growing communities in faith. This year's conference will take place in our brand new church, so it will be a -a one-of-a-kind celebration. Along with presentations from Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran, you'll hear from Jeff Cavins and Pastor Craig Rochelle. Jeff is the creator of the Bible Timeline and a wildly popular Catholic author and speaker. Craig Rochelle is the founding pastor of Life Church, the largest church in the U.S. with 27 locations in eight states. Come to the Rebuilt Conference to be inspired, encouraged, and equipped for the work in the trenches. You can register at RebuiltConference.com. That's RebuiltConference.com. Registration opens October 1st. Okay, well, thanks for joining us today, everyone, on this episode of the Rebuilt Podcast, where we're talking about loving your parish. Just some final thoughts for you. We have to make love a verb in the church. And the way to do that is through four different things that we talked about today. Sacrifice something for your church. Commit to a church in a very specific way. Commit to one parish that you can love and serve. Um, The third thing is do little acts of service. Pick up the trash. Wipe down the counter in the bathroom. Whatever you see that's needed, take the initiative and do that little act of service. And finally, practice forbearance. This is probably the hardest one for me. Practice some patience with others that we serve and work with. Tom, any final thoughts on loving your parish? Yeah, again, I think that love comes first. Again, success follows love. So just that G.K. Chesterton quote, Rome was not loved because it was great. It was great because it was loved. And so if you want your parish to be great, you got to love it. Great. All right, let me, I'll, I'll close in prayer and we'll, uh, we'll Okay, end here. thanks for joining us. Uh, Father, we just we thank you for the gift of the local parish, the local church. And God, we thank you that uh, we get to serve it. And God, we pray that help us to put love into action, not, not to depend upon feelings, but to do what your son commanded, to love one another, to love the people in our parish, to love our church so it can be what you want it to be. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.